Well, this story was the biggest story on Friday. The fact that uh, Alec Baldwin's set of Rust was shut down uh, after the cinematographer Helena Hutchins was killed with a prop gun that Alec Baldwin was handling at the time uh, and their director, Joel Souza, also injured by the incident. He still he has since been discharged from the hospital. But the filming has been uh, stopped on the set, and of course, police are looking into the incident. Now, I'm getting a little bit more information, and they're from several sources, um, but according to an affidavit uh, by someone that was working on this set, Alec Baldwin was in, uh, what is a chapel, sitting on a pew, and he was handling a firearm, taking uh, the firearm from across his body out of the holster, and then um, basically rehearsing, pulling it out and aiming it when uh the gun accidentally went off now there have been like i have been reading so many stories about the accident over the weekend that uh there's just so many different tentacles here uh with regard to uh safety on the set was maybe overlooked for the sake of let's keep the production moving that um maybe there was uh uh, people that left the set because they were concerned about their safety or just about the speed with which filming was going on. Brian Carpenter is an armorer with Dark 30 Film Services. Brian, to be um, absolutely frank, I had no idea what an armorer was before Friday and this horrific uh, accident occurred. I have so many questions about gun handling on the set of films. First of all, um, is, it, is it true that a prop gun is indeed a real gun? Well, actually, completely uh, correctly, a prop gun should be referred to as anything made out of rubber or plastic. And the prop guns, a true prop gun, is generally used in rehearsals when uh, the, the real weapon that looks correct is not needed. Or a lot of times in stunt performances where the actor may fall on a gun, so they use a prop gun then. It's really a, a misnomer to refer to, a lot of people do that, it's common usage to say prop gun, but actually the gun that fires live blanks is a real gun, just a gun. It's just a gun being used on the show. Now, it does come from the prop department, but it's definitely not a prop. What is the difference between a, a, a um, blank and a real bullet? So a blank has propellant gunpowder inside of the casing and it allows the gun to go off and simulate a real round being fired in other words uh, you hear the report you feel the concussion you get the muzzle flash and it looks very real i mean it's the realism is what you're going for there but it does not send an actual projectile downrange. there is no projectile in the casing that's obviously uh, been removed and it's not there a live round uh, one that would be used in uh, the real world, military applications, law enforcement, anything of that nature, a real round actually has propellant and a projectile. The projectile, of course, leaves the barrel, you know, once the gun is fired and travels downrange. Okay, so you are what is called an armorer. What is What exactly <laughs> do you do on the set of films? And, you know, how how much of your responsibility is making sure that there's no live round in that gun? Well, an armorer is primarily responsible for the safe handling of firearms on set. That is our one and, and only goal. Now, secondary to that would be to help the performer look realistic in his in his or her role, uh, to help choreograph uh, a scene where weapons are used, 
those are all secondary. The primary function, first and foremost, above everything else, is making sure that that weapon is utilized safely. And the idea of a live round being on set should not even be a, it's so, mm -hmm. should never occur that um, it, it's almost, uh, it, the word unheard of or unbelievable is, 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 is accurate in that description of that because a live round should never be anywhere even near a movie set. Uh, it's never used, uh, never has any application on it, and is obviously the most dangerous thing that you could introduce to these guns is to actually have a live round. So paramount above that, there's at least 10 to 12 safety levels that you would have to either violate or go around before uh, a live round made it out to where it made it to on this set of rust. Can you simplify what the safety protocol is when it comes to uh, handling weapons on a movie set? I mean, are is is the armorer responsible for procuring the weapons as well? Uh, so the armorer, uh, these are all excellent questions. The armorer is hired by the prop master. The prop master sometimes is cross-trained as an armorer. Uh, there are very good prop masters out there that are armorers. But even the good ones that are armorers know that they can't focus their full attention on a, uh, a gun-heavy movie or a movie with guns and generally hire someone that they've worked with before that's a professional armorer to come in and then help them. Uh, the guns uh, are procured generally by the prop master from a reputable prop house that rents, prop, rents props and real weapons to use on a movie set. Uh, at that point in time, they're shipped in, uh, they're secured in a safe uh, per uh, ATF and, and movie regulations, uh, you have um, these, a lot of these weapons are under a lot of guidelines with the federal government, actually, um, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. And so they have to be secured. They have to be kept in an area where no one else can have access to them. Uh, obviously, they come checked and cleared when they arrive. Then you check them again there. Then you lock them into their safe storage space. Uh, and then they remain there until the script calls for uh, their usage. At that point in time, they're removed from the locked storage area. Sometimes that safe is on a props truck that's on location. Uh, they're then put onto uh, in a bag, if it's a small scene or if it's a big scene, a cart, generally a locking cart. They're checked when they go into the cart. Uh, then they're brought to set. Uh, while they're on set, ammunition, and when I say ammunition, I mean blank rounds. Blank mm -hmm. rounds are kept separate from them. And then when the scene, and this is a, it's it, for this particular scene, and I have not seen the script or the call sheet on this, but it sounds like it was just a simple one gun in the hands of, of Alec. So in a scene like that, you would have one or two guns, the primary gun, and then a backup. You would wait until the last moment when they are about to film. Generally, rehearsals don't even use, as I said before, the real gun. You mm -hmm. use rubbers or plastic or true prop guns because there's just no need you're just doing a camera you know just lining up the shot and sure, it's um, like a stand-in for time, a gun that's exactly right exactly right and uh then the moment before the scene actually occurs uh you called in and you're like okay you know we're about to speed sound and roll then the armorer will go right to that location close by the actor load the weapon but before it's loaded it's a safety check, again, verified by two sources at that point. In other words, if it was going to be loaded with blanks, before it was loaded with blanks, I would call over the director, the first AD, the key grip, the DP, all of the actors that were handling it. Sometimes all of them look, sometimes only one of them look, but at least it needs to be at least a double verification between the armor and some other person that's in charge of that set and the safety. 
Is there something that they say? Because I, I, I'm just going to interrupt for a second. Is there something that they have to say? Because I know that when we've heard that he was handed the gun and it was a cold gun, people were saying Mm -hmm. the gun is cold, which is your lingo for it's not loaded. Um, But when you do that check with everybody, is there a term that they have to all use so you know that they're not saying yep to something else on set that they're distracted by? Absolutely. So if if the if it was not going to be loaded and it was just the gun being handled and seen, we would check it with a flashlight through the barrel, make sure there's no obstructions, there's no rounds in it whatsoever. And once we verify that through two sources at that time, after we went through all the other safety protocol, then you would hand off the weapon to the actor. And then I would say cold weapon on set. Then it would be repeated by the rest of the crew. And the AD never is to handle a weapon like that. So on uh, the first AD, getting a weapon and handing it off to an actor, that's also a safety, uh, a breach of safety protocol. And that's uh, what we're that hearing be- happened on Rust. Is that right. correct? That we're hearing right. that the it's- assistant director handled it. That's uh, that's exactly what we're hearing. Uh, if I had loaded the gun with blanks at that point and handed it off to the actor, then I would have said hot weapon on set, meaning right. the gun was loaded with blanks, which only can harm or kill at close quarters, like inches. Um, right. And so that's what happened to that actor that put it up to his head um, years that's ago. That's exactly that- right. Right. So exactly. you're, you, because there's gunpowder and presumably it has to be encased in something, that's where you could get the projectile, uh, the shrapnel coming from. If something sure. It, um, well, a blank round, we have minimum safe distances that, that are quadruples sometimes, the actual minimum safe distances. Truly firing a full power blank, you will only harm, uh, depending on what type of weapon it is, will only harm, you know, feet in front of the, uh, of, in mm. front of the person. And that's only a you know, burn or particles from the gunpowder hitting you, nothing, no projectile. Now, of course, like you mentioned, and it was a good, perfect example, that actor that put it right up against his head and fired the concussion killed him. And uh, that can happen, but only at we're talking two, three inches or point blank range. Anything past the minimum safe distance, a blank will not harm you. Uh, it has nothing to go down range to harm you. And that's the difference between a blank and a live round. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and on this particular circumstance, it, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it appears that um, a live round was loaded into it, which is why it had a projectile that traveled away. So you think it's possible that a real bullet was, was loaded into the gun? And if that's the case, Brian, do you have a couple more minutes to spend with us? Sure, absolutely. All right, perfect, Brian. We'll be right back and we'll talk about what you think could be uh, the biggest safety rule that wasn't followed on the set. That's coming up next. Stick around. Friday was a horrible day. Uh, Helena Hutchins' family found out that she died after a um, a gun on the set of the movie that she was working on. She was director of photography, uh, went off and killed her. The gun was in the hand of Alec Baldwin, the actor. It injured director uh, Joel Souza. And now we're trying to figure out exactly what went down. Brian Carpenter is an armorer with Dark 30 Film Services, and uh, he's a Hollywood weapons expert. We've gone through, you know, what an armorer does and how something like this could happen. But Brian, where we stopped down was the fact that it's possible that there was a live round in this gun. You know, it's speculation right now. We don't know because the investigation is still ongoing. But, I mean, you know your stuff when it comes to being an armorer and how blanks behave and how real rounds behave because you are a weapons expert. Brian, did you uh, – have you always been interested in firearms? I mean, what was your, your job before you went into the uh, into the movies to, to make sure that we handle these safely? I started off in that space early in the 90s. Um, I did a lot of private contract work, uh, securities work. I worked in the tactical operations community uh, spectrum. 
and uh, did a lot of uh, work on some different tactical units. Ended up my last official thing that I did. I was on tactical unit two on NOPD SWAT during Katrina. And um, mm. from day one on that 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 uh, situation. And uh, after that, I kind of uh, guess I got a little bit older and um, I went into film full time for the last 12 years. I also was a professional instructor for 11 years of that time. And I trained um, thousands of students uh, in, you know, tactics and uh, safe handling of firearms and the proper application of tactics with the use of firearms. Throughout your career, how many, yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to probably uh, quantify it, but how many rounds of blanks do you think you've seen go off? And how often is it that there's a situation where there's uh, some sort of shrapnel or, or misfire that goes on? You know, I, I again, working in this space for over 30 years, um, and I was thinking about this very question the other day, I probably fire, fired millions of live rounds and have seen hundreds of thousands of blank rounds be fired. And uh, there has never been any situation where a blank round that I had been involved in hurt anybody or I, even I knew that hurt anybody personally other than the than the um, the uh, Brandon Lee situation and then the John uh, Hexen situation. Other than those two, that was the only two. And even the Brandon Lee situation was just a, an unbelievable series of mistakes that led to that, uh, different than what happened here on Rust. So it's quite uncommon. If you, um, if you follow the four basic safety rules set in place by Jeff Cooper oh, many, many years ago, they mitigate damage if an accident is going to occur. So, what are the four rules? Um, never all, treat all weapons as if they're loaded. That's number one. Uh, even if they're not loaded, even if you are quite certain they're not loaded, you still treat them as if they're loaded. Number two, never point a weapon at anything you're not willing to harm or destroy. Number four, uh, make sure your finger stays off of the trigger until you're ready to discharge that weapon. And number five, be aware of what's in front of, behind, and on all sides of your target. Um. Obviously, unfortunately for Alec Baldwin, he did violate one of the safety rules by pointing the weapon directly at someone. That's I'm not two. saying that he, uh, you're number two. Yes, that's correct. And it's, uh, and I'm not saying he may have never even had any proper safety instruction. No one may have told him, hey, Alec, number one, this is a real gun. Uh, and number two, never pointed at someone. That's just one of the before basic safety rules. So unfortunately, and I feel, you know, obviously, utmost sympathy for the family of Helena mm. uh, who lost a mother and a, and a wife. I mean, how terrible is that? And the director to get injured, but then also for Alec Baldwin who has to live with what happened there. And uh, it, it's just from that moment of a breakdown of him pointing that weapon, uh, because no matter what a movie looks like a professionally done film or television, even if it looks like the guns are being pointed directly at someone, they're not, they're pointed right. off angle. It's a trick Let me ask the you this. I mean, he's a pro, though. I mean, he's been working, I mean, in in the film space for years and years and years. Uh, how is it possible that he wouldn't know this? And is it possible that because he was producer and one of the lead actors and is Alec Baldwin, that nobody would say, hey, 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 mister, you can't do that. That that just based on his uh, where he stands in the upper echelon of things that he may, you know, people may have been fearful to use their their, uh, you know, rational and important voices on set. You know, that's, that's very good, you know, and it is very much of a possibility. I mean, you've got, 
number one, you probably would be maybe surprised at the amount of actors who have actually, you know, done a lot of firearms work, but they've never had anyone take them aside. And I pushed to this for years. If nothing else comes out of this uh, tragedy, hopefully they'll start, the studios will start taking the time to say, hey, if we're going to use real guns because we want the realism and, 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 and you know, it does look better. And it, it is a lot of different levels that I could speak about, about VFX versus realism and practical use of it. But at the end of the day, a lot of these studios don't train the actor with any kind of safety protocol. They're, they get them out there. If they have any training at all, it's very minimal. And it's just, hey, here's the gun, do this and blah, blah, blah. And hopefully you have a really good armorer out there that's going to stand by and take the time. Uh, even if I'm not given the time, I make the time. Uh, keep pushing and say, hey, give me a few minutes to go over some safety protocol. And just because they've done it before, it doesn't mean they ever were adequately explained it. Yeah, exactly. And then you also touched on a very good point. Um, the armorer that was there, uh, I'm not trying to youth shame anyone, but she was young. Uh, and, and Alec is a very, you know, notable actor. And he's also like a notable hothead. He had to go for rage right. training, like rage, right. some sort. Yeah. Right. So you're not going to want to call him on stuff. Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, 48 years old and I've done this in the real world. The way I always approach it to Hollywood is I've done this in the real world for a lot of years. And I, you know, I uh, earned my respect in that world. So I'm working in Hollywood now. If I see it mm -hmm. being done unsafe, and it's going to cause a problem. I try to be soft-handed about it, but I will not let it move forward past that. I will stand and say, hey, we can't do it this way. Here's an alternative way we can do it. And if they say that we're still going to do it that way, then I say, well, you can find someone else to do it because uh, that's not going to be on my watch. Brian, you are arguably one of the most interesting people that I've had on the show in a long time. I could talk to you forever, unfortunately. Okay. I'm up against the news here, but um, I just wanted to know if you could answer this question in 30 seconds or less. Because I'm hearing an expert here, a property master in Canada, because we've got a pretty, I mean, you know, we've got a fulsome uh, film industry right. here in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, the speed with which the industry has grown in the last eight years because of the streamers, so many people are in positions they shouldn't be, he said, that the management of these shows have no clue what they're doing. He's actually astonished by this that, you know, um, big, he had one accountant tell him on a big show that props is an afterthought in the budget. Are you seeing a similar thing in the States? And is that something we need to look into in the film industry? Absolutely. Uh, the uh, And that's why a lot of people uh, only work on the higher tier movies, like tier three movies. They don't do independent. There's nothing wrong with independent films or lower budget films. But a lot of people, a lot of my colleagues just will not work on a lower budget movie because corners are cut. And even larger studios are looking for ways to save money. And uh, with the COVID regulations and all the extra dollars they're spending there, it's got even worse. And, um, you know, a lot of times they'll say, hey, why can't we just double up here? Why can't the prop master also be the armorer as well? Or why do you need to have an armor out there or et cetera, et cetera. And that's just a recipe for disaster. Brian, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. I'm going to keep your number and hopefully... We won't have to use it again, but I think if we're looking for a weapons expert um, when it comes to filming, uh, you're our guy. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Thank you guys for having me. I enjoyed it. Cheers. Brian Carpenter, he's an armorer with Dark 30 Film Services.